Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey guys, how you doing? It's Walter Montero here, and I hope you're having a good summer so far. I guess it's not really summer yet because it's just uh, the middle of June, but it's starting to warm up here in Ontario, so it is a little bit nicer. However, it's been a little bit of a slow start because of all the rain, but I'm sure we'll get through it. Anyway, this is episode 100. Kind of exciting for me because now we're 100 episodes in. And uh, what I wanted to do with this particular episode, it's probably going to be a little longer than what you normally listen to. I usually do a five, six minute show and we're going to try and get through it a little quicker, but a little on the quicker side. But these are basically 10 points that I want to emphasize to you as a home buyer or a home seller or an investor that I have learned over my 32 years in the real estate business. So just in the interest of time, we're going to go right through them right away. So point number one that I want to bring up is buy more real estate. If I take a look at my career in the real estate business and I own some income property, I own some duplexes and condos and my own property and and that sort of thing. And uh, I've got to say that if I was to look back or if I was to be able to get in a time machine and do it all over again, I would definitely have bought a lot more real estate than I did. And quite honestly, I did buy more real estate, but I tended to sell it probably a little earlier than I should have. So buy more real estate and hold on to it longer for sure. Uh, Point number two is invest your RSPs in mortgages. So obviously, RSPs are a vehicle that we use to invest in our future, of course, and funding our retirement. And I would say the lion's share of people put their RSP money into a stock or a mutual fund, which I really can't understand because those things are loaded with so many different fees and variations and instability in the value. And uh, quite honestly, I can't figure it out. But you can use your RSP money to invest in mortgages. Now, I do have a particular book that I wrote. It's called The RSP Mortgage Investor. You can find it online, therspmortgageinvestor.com. And um, you can take a look at it there. But really, in the grand scheme of things, mortgages are solid. You take a look and you drive into downtown Toronto and all the big buildings belong to banks. Well, I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but banks invest in mortgages. So why don't you do what they do? Invest your RSP money into mortgages. If you want to know more about it, you can send me a quick email, Walter at MaximumResults.ca, or check out that, um, that book that I'm referring to, okay? Point number three is play the long game. Well, this sort of goes back to uh, point number one, which is obviously holding on to real estate. And I really think in the long term, you want to hold on to real estate as long as you can. You want to always have your board in the water, as the surfers would say. Because really, in the grand scheme of things, when you take a look at the way real estate rises, it kind of rises very, very steadily and slowly. But once in a while, you get jumps in the market. We've just recently had a jump in our market between 2016 and now. Great big jumps in the market. The last time I saw jumps like this were between 85 and 90. So you really want to have your board in the water so you can catch those big jumps, okay? And uh, it's it's all about the long game in real estate. It's not about the short game. I, I watch sometimes people get into the whole flipping market, and some of them have done very well, okay? But I can tell you that from my experience, when I look at these guys doing it, for the most part, they're just losing their shirts 
Or if they're not doing that, they're paying tax like crazy because, of course, flipping property is a taxable, it becomes a taxable income. Sometimes they can pull it off in capital gains. Realistically, it is actually an income. Okay. Point number four is beware of the gurus. There's all kinds of real estate so-called experts out there that uh, want to offer or sell their advice to you with regards to how to invest in real estate. And trust me, I've been to some of these workshops and seminars, and I can tell you this, that these guys that are, I'm not going to say all of them, but I'm going to say many of them don't know anything about investing in real estate. But I'll tell you what they do know about. They know how to sell tickets to seminars and workshops. I went to one workshop once with my wife, Karen, and it was interesting because the seminar actually started with how to increase your credit line. So they started it on the premise that you need to borrow more money in order to buy real estate, which of course is understandable. But really the master plan behind it wasn't for you to leverage your credit in order to buy more real estate. It was to buy their course, which I think was somewhere around fourteen or $18,000. It was ridiculous. And my wife and I were asking questions through it and we were almost told to be quiet with regards to the questions we were asking. In fact, it got to a point where they weren't even acknowledging that we had our hand up for the questions. So be very, very careful of the gurus. Talk to people that know what they're doing. Talk to the experts in the field, the real estate investors, the real estate agents, the mortgage brokers, your accountant. Talk to people like that, but be very, very careful of the gurus, okay? Point number five is renting as opposed to owning. I would say if you can do it, owning is the way to go. Because for the most part, when you take a look at people that rent, they have a far less net worth than the person that owns. Okay, In the grand scheme of things, when you take a look at the cost of renting, the cost of owning, it's almost identical. The only difference is, of course, as properties increase in value, so does your net worth. If you're a renter, you're increasing the net worth of your landlord, not yourself. So really, in the grand scheme of things, I would say if you can do it, own and don't rent. If you have a nomadic lifestyle, I would say that um, renting is obviously the better way to go. If you're going to be moving around a lot, the cost of disposing of that real estate as you come and go obviously gets expensive. So obviously renting would may, may be a better option for you. But if you're more stationary in your life and in your job, I would say owning is the way to go. Okay. Point number six is use a mortgage broker to obtain your mortgage financing. I of course have a bias to that because I am in fact a mortgage agent myself. But really in the grand scheme of things, even if I wasn't, the last person I'd go or the last people I'd go to is a bank for a mortgage. Why would I do that? You're going to an individual bank whose sole purpose is to protect the best interests of the shareholders of the bank. They're not interested in helping the customer. Okay. I'll tell you, I'll give you one point. Okay. There, if you take a look at most banks, they, they have a, what we call a posted rate. And then of course they have that discounted rate. Okay. So this is the rate that they sort of use to compete with lenders in the mortgage broker space. So they, they lure you in with perhaps a lower rate, but they never change that posted rate. You know why? Because that posted rate is the gotcha in the mortgage contract. You see, there's more to just the rate that you were offered when you get a mortgage. 
And with a bank, they have the posted rate, which is the number they actually use to calculate the penalty to get out of a mortgage. Now, you're probably thinking, well, I'm, I'm not going to get out of a mortgage. Well, you know what? Statistically, 70% of people that get into a mortgage break their mortgage before the five years is up. So do you think that banks don't know that? Of course they know that. That's why they always keep the posted rate so high. So what you need to do is you get together with a mortgage professional, like a mortgage broker, that can point you in the direction of lenders that don't lend like the banks. Now, is I don't want to paint bank mortgages as being a, a totally bad thing. They are applicable to certain aspects. But if you can at all avoid it, by all means do. And the only way you're going to be able to do it is using a mortgage broker. They deal with monoline lenders, different mortgage investment corporations. They've got access to all kinds of different lenders to give you an option. Okay? Point number seven is use a realtor. Okay, folks, I don't know how many times I've seen in the last little while. Well, first of all, I notice that the private for sale business has really slowed down. I know when I first got in the real estate business, the presence of what we call for sale by owners was certainly a little bit more prevalent than it is today. I think for the most part, John Q. Public is getting pretty pretty smart on it. But really, there are still people out there that that try and sell their own homes. Guys, why are you doing that? Use the services of a real estate agent because those agents can amplify the exposure that your home gets. In the long run, you end up with way more net dollars in your pocket than you could doing it on your own. You know, it's not all that glitters is gold. A real estate commission is not necessarily an expense. It's an investment in being able to sell your home for the most money in the shortest amount of time with as little inconvenience as possible. So make sure you use a real estate agent. And that even goes for buyers as well. There's all kinds of different things you need to know about a real estate transaction. And having the guidance of a professional is the way to go. Okay? Point number eight is harness the equity in your primary home. Folks, there's uh, there's all kinds of people sitting on tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity in their own home. Now, I think that's great, but at the same time, you know that money is just sitting there idly. What can you do with that money in order to make more money? Well, I would say leverage it to buy more real estate. Remember point number one, buy more real estate. And the way to do that is by accessing the equity in your home through either a line of credit or perhaps even increasing the mortgage that you got on there now or getting secondary financing. Okay, it's all about cash flow, guys. Sit down with a mortgage professional and see what you can do. But don't let your equity in your home sit idle. Make it work for you. You can even do it by putting it out in mortgages. It doesn't necessarily have to be in an RSP like I mentioned in point number two. You can do it with the equity in your home. Okay? Point number nine is take care of your health. Now, I know that's got nothing to do with real estate, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it really, really does. You know, when I take a look at some of the people that I know, I am now 53 years of of age, and I take a look around and I see some people that I've known for many, many years that have bought and sold or have been successful in certain businesses or in investing in real estate or investing in whatever. And the guys that that are really, really enjoying it are the ones that took care of their health. There are others that didn't. And you know, what use is all that accumulated wealth if it's only going to be left behind? You you know what? There's a a sort of a Portuguese expression that, that I'll translate for you, and it's a coffin doesn't have drawers. So that means, in other words, you can't take it with you, guys. 
Make sure you take care of your body. Make That is the prime real estate that you should be taking care of. This is the vessel that you are living your life in. So make sure you take good care of it. Eat well. Exercise. Don't smoke. Don't drink excessively. Make sure that you take good care of your body. Okay? And then my very last point is consult with the experts. Guys, there's so much information. We're living in an information age. It is impossible for somebody to know everything. So what you need to do is you need to have a team of experts at your disposal. You need to have your realtor. You need to have a mortgage broker. You need to have an insurance broker. You need to have a lawyer, an accountant. And if there's anything you ever want to tackle, and instead of trying to learn it all on your own, because the learning curve is so big and it takes you off focus, hire an expert in that field that knows what they're doing. There's all kinds of outsourcing services that are available these days and you wanna harness them and use their expertise because I'll tell you one thing, they know what they're doing 10 times better than what you will learn how to do. All right, folks, I hope this episode was helpful to you. It was certainly helpful to me. I really appreciate your listenership. This is 100 episodes in and if you ever have any questions about real estate or mortgages, please feel free to give me a call. You can call me at 519-624-9222 or walter at MaximumResults.ca. We'll talk to you later, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. If you have any real estate questions, please direct them to me at 519-624-9222 or walter at MaximumResults.ca, or you can find me online at www.cambridgehouses.com. If your interests are in mortgages, please feel free to call 519-624-9222, or email Karen at Karen at MaximumResults.ca, or you can find her online at www.m as in Mary, R as in Roger, financial.ca. Thanks again for listening and I hope you have a great week.